friends and foes, welcome to Art Book Club. It's book club day. We, <laughs> today we have Visual Nomad here with me as my co-host for Art Book Club. And um, also I've upgraded you from my guest to my co-host because you're here all the time. I hope you appreciate that. Well, dang. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I'll try to fill the seat well. <laughs> I mean, you're already doing it. You're basically just getting a promotion for the work you're already doing. It's kind of like job you oh, have good. too long, you know. <laughs> Today we, or I guess this last month, we read Atomic Habits, which is, if you're watching, it's right here. This is by James Clear, and it is a book about habits and about mm -hmm. implementing them into your life. This book is a, you know, it seems like a hefty book, but it's actually, it zipped by pretty fast for me. Did you finish the book? I did finish the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a... It's succinct. It it's one of those books you can put down for a second, pick up, and flip to a page, and be like, "Ah, oh, yes, this is how I can implement this new habit into my life." I kind of wish I had started out this kind of adventure into this book with, uh, like a habit that I wanted to implement before I picked up this book. Mm -hmm. You know, and then had like gone through the steps as I was reading the book into implementing said habit, but instead I just read it and I don't really have any new habits that I want to put into my life right now. So it's like good information for later. I don't know. Did you install a new habit in yourself through reading this book? I installed several new habits really? into myself during this book. Yes, I did. It was, I will say, do not pick up this book uh, half-heartedly. Mm -hmm. because whether you want to take it seriously or not, it will make you take it seriously if you keep reading it. For sure, for sure. I was like, this will be a fun book for Art Book Club, because a lot mm. about making art is about building good art habits, especially when you want to be a professional right. or do this like within yeah. any sort of longevity. And uh, yeah, it, it gets granular. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the new habits that you wanted to implement? So I know I do well with like a to-do list, like a checklist to go through every day. Um, and I have a hard time getting myself to sit down and do that, even mm -hmm. though it benefits me a lot. Um, so sometimes like throughout the day, I'll just kind of meander and do things as they come to mind instead of actually having a plan. So what I did was I tied that to every morning while I'm sitting eating my breakfast, watch YouTube videos. It's something I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And as you get into this book, you will learn you should tie things to positive things that you enjoy. And super positive things are really good at anchoring habits. And I'm like, well, it's kind of an addiction, so I could hook it to an addiction. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> so after I finish my breakfast, I have my to-do list there, and I work on that while I'm watching YouTube videos. So that's done. And then that's another sweet. one was wanted to do yoga um, more often because watched this like 85 year old artist who is this like colleague a Japanese calligraphy artist and he does like these big pieces of calligraphy and it's like his full body 
And they showed him like doing his whole workout thing. And he's like, body is a tool. It's as much as your brush is. You should take care of it. And I'm like, yes, I know. I know. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's implement something good for my body. So I anchored that to being able to drink my coffee in the morning. I do that before I'm allowed to have my coffee. So it's like, oh, yeah. Two things that are both addictions that are hooked to very positive habits. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's are very you? very cool. I'm glad that you you really attached onto the attach something that you need to that you want to implement into something that you've already got going on. That was one of like the greatest, mm-hmm. I think, hacks if you want to say that 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 right. James talks about in this book. He has a whole system for adding habits into your life that is, it's like, if you do this, try this. If you do this, try this. If you have this bad habit, consider this. Like, it's it's so uh, malleable, I guess, and easy to, mm-hmm. you know, get, get good things going in your life. I, yes, attaching things to habits that you've already got, good or bad, is really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> really, mm-hmm. really powerful. Um I, I'm just now thinking, I'm like, oh, I did, I, I did do a habit change at the beginning after I re- read this book that I kind of forgot about, but it's now a habit that I do, which is, uh, I think rare for a habit to be this quick, but I used to be really bad about flossing and I okay. changed my habit to do instead of brushing my teeth and then trying to remember to floss, I now floss first and then I brush my teeth. I just changed the order hmm. and now I floss like every day and like, I don't even think about it. I just like, instead of picking up the brush first, I picked up the floss first and I'm like, Oh, this is magic. (laughs) This is because it's, it's the, it's the positive affirmation. Mm -hmm. You really need to link to habit that you're trying to build. Like talks about by people that haven't smoked for years end up starting to smoke again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not because they're addicted to the act of smoking. It's that they've built this habit around smoking and they're, they've literally rewired their brain to once they have the trigger, it hits the crave, then they do the action and then the habit is completed. So it's like, if you start that chain reaction, it's going to work. Like, yeah, that's how our brains work. And so, yeah, I, I think that was the, for me, the biggest takeaway was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like what things do I already do instead of fighting myself? Mm-hmm. Things do I already do during the day? You have I coffee. know our habits that I could, you know, habit stacking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is another thing that he talks about. Like, well, let's, let's maximize this and stack the heck out of all these habits that I need to do. So. It's, it's mm. quite incredible. Wendy says, I now keep my floss in my shower, and now I floss in the shower. Weird, maybe, but did it work? Yes. Okay, that's that's excellent. <laughs> hey, I mean, whatever works with your brain. Exactly. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. I... There's not a right or wrong way to do this. It's just <laughs> you figure out how you you work. That's, that's also something James talks about. It's like, what gets the job done gets the job done, you know? Like, it's if you have to do something that seems very strange in order to get you to do the habit that you want to have, um, that's mm-hmm. it's top tier. I kind of want to go through the chapters, kind of just, like, one by one. Um, 
because he's got a system in this book. And spoiler, if you like anything that we're talking about, you should listen to this book or read it. They've, I think he reads the audiobook. I, I actually read the physical book this time, but mm. it's so good. And I think it'd be interesting. So he starts out the book telling a really personal story about how when he was younger, he was an athlete and then something dramatic happened um, and mm. he wasn't able to be the athlete anymore. His whole identity changed because of, I think it was an accident. Is that right? Um, I think so, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, like facial fractures, like couldn't leave the hospital for a long time. That kind of accident is really, really intense. Right. And Oh, that's right. He was a baseball player. I had to look that up. I was like, it's one sport. I was like, was it hockey? It was baseball. Um, and in order to recover from the accident and then eventually go back and re-enter the sport, he had like created these systems of habit making in order to heal, in order to change his life to be better mm-hmm. because he had to miss out on a huge chunk of time where he was just recovering and I think that's very cool as like an origin story, a villain story, you might even say. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's quite good. He starts off with the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are, it starts off with compounding effects with your habits. And mm. how when you make a small change, like for me, just switching the order of brushing my teeth and flossing, then the small change becomes, okay, you floss one day. And you have better dental hygiene, right? But then you floss the next day because you've, you're have you starting to implement that. And over, you know, a month of time, you're, your gums are stronger, your mouth is healthier, blah, blah, blah. And then like over a year or so, it's like, oh, you have less uh, plaque in your arteries or whatever, right? And um, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry if y'all don't like teeth talk. Um, <laughs> and it's the, the compounding habits of you know, making small, tiny changes that lead up to the big changes where it's like, uh, maybe I want to, you know, run a 5k, but it's like, okay, maybe we start that by, you know, taking a walk every day. It's not like you suddenly get up and do a 5k Mm -hmm. if you haven't been training for it. It's you make the small habits, make the larger changes, the major changes. And that's just Mm -hmm. in like the first chapter one. It's very, very cool. It was very inspiring. Um, do y'all know the? Um, I think the yeah. story about the. Uh, I think the story about the uh, British bicycling team. Mm-hmm. So short synopsis of the history. Over like a hundred and some years, they had never won anything. They hadn't really placed. They just never did anything. Well, they got a new coach, and within a year, they had won like their first race. Now they're one of the most winningest teams of all time. They've won the Tour de France like five or six times. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's insane, the growth. But it basically started out as be 1% better every day that you do this. How, what is that 1% that you can change every day? And that 1% compounds, like they talked about personal bests, they compounded their personal best into a solid team of bikers that cross the board could beat everybody just because they were just trying to be a little bit better every day. It wasn't like they were expecting to win the Tour de France right out of the gate, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... It's, it's fun to see evidence 
of the changes happening, especially when something is like a sport mm. and there's like an actual mm. trophy to be won. Um, sure. But it, it's it's inspiring. It's interesting. I, I love that story. I was like, yeah, I want to build better habits. Let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, in this, in the first like three chapters or so, um, we, we go through the fundamentals on why, why and how to change a habit. So there are like four major steps. And the first one, let me find the beautiful system. He like makes a graph in this book that changes over time, like as you read the book, and it's super good. Okay, so you have four like laws of changing the habit. Okay, so the first law is the cue. Why are we doing this, right? And um, what is the craving? And what is the response? And then what is the reward, right? And you have different questions you can ask about your habits. It's like, how can I make it obvious? Like the, the, the habit itself obvious to what you want to implement into your life. How can I make it attractive? Like, oh, wow, I just can't wait to go on a run today. Um, how do you make it easy? Um, and then how can you make it satisfying, like the reward of it? And he takes each of those four questions and like breaks them okay. down. That's <laughs> how you make it satisfying. Coffee. Can I make it satisfying? Coffee. Mm -hmm. I use coffee to anchor my yoga program. That's great. <laughs> so yes, taste is one of those things. <laughs> it's so good. So when you were first making your habit, you need to um, write down what your current habits are, the good or the bad, right? So it's not just, um, you know, I brush my teeth and I brush my hair and I make my bed, but it's also like, um, and I spend 45 minutes on Instagram and I also leave, like put my clothes on the floor after I've taken off my pajamas and I, you know, like all the good and the bad, like all your habits. Because, mm. you know, the first step to change is awareness and mm. becoming aware of them makes you makes you one be able to attach good habits to certain behaviors like making your coffee but it also lets you you know become aware of how you spend your time i i'm a big leave the clothes on the floor guy it's true <laughs> i i'm also guilty <laughs> of that when you notice your bad habits and your good habits and everything in between you are you are able to better regulate how you're spending your time i tried to do this for about a, a week or so where I was like, okay, what are, like I sat down and I was like, what are all my habits? Like, what are, what are all of them? And for a while I was like, I know I have habits that I'm just like unaware of. Right. And I think it's easier when you live with somebody mm. else because they can help you be like, what are my bad habits? And like <laughs> Luke was so quick to point out, he's like, oh yeah, you leave empty containers in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's something I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so what what I did for about three days is every like hour or so I had like this little alarm and I kind of I just wrote down in my calendar like what I did and it was a little bit obsessive but I was like really curious as to see what my habits were and um you know leaving almost empty containers in the fridge was one of them but it was like uh how much time am I spending on x y and z how much time am I spending on reading Reading is time that tends to get away from me. I, I, I just love to read. So I'll, I'll spend like over an hour mm. a day doing it. Um, and 
it was very revealing. So if you're like wondering what your habits are, like what your tendencies are, you should give that a try just for like a couple of days. It's, it's super interesting. And then he introduces habit stacking, which is what Nomad has talked about at the very beginning of this, where if you have a good habit that you want to implement, you attach it to a habit that you've already got. Something that's just so second nature to you. Make coffee in the morning. You know, you do your yoga before the coffee and you attach it to it. So every time you want to have coffee, you you, you got to do the yoga first. And it makes you aware, just like the toothbrush and the floss. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have a... um? Do you have any other like uh, habit stacking examples that you've noticed that you already had? Like, what are some habits that you've attached to yourselves? Well, uh, I think that... One thing that I learned was that all of my habits start at my making breakfast. Mm-hmm. My my habit that I've built around making breakfast every morning and sitting down, taking time to eat. Um, since that is already there, I build things off of that. I built my um, my to do list habit off of that. Mm-hmm. Something that I already do. And after that, I was like, okay, well, I need to fill my water bottle. I already make my coffee in the morning after I'm done eating breakfast. So I make my coffee. I have to taste my coffee so I know how good it's going to be. So I take that. I make that. I put it in my, my room. That forces me, not that I had an issue with this, but it forces me to make my bed because in order to get into the closet to get my yoga mat, mm-hmm. I have to move the pillows from my bed to my bed. That means my bed needs to be made. So that gets done too. So then I can do my yoga and I can come in and my coffee is already waiting for me there. So it's this this stack that I've built throughout the day. And then, of course, I have the chunk of time that I've set aside for studio time. Mm-hmm. Know, from one to six every day and then you know the rest of the night is kind of open unless i decide to plan something for that but yeah it's you know in that window i can stack so much stuff and get so much done um just by basically building it on top of whatever breakfast routine i already have you know it's kind of crazy because we all i think we all have these these base habits that we've created one way or another. If we sit and, like you said, if we evaluate our day and we go, Oh, I guess I do. I, I do that every day. Mm-hmm. Brush your teeth. That's a habit that we do every day. I things to that. It's like you said, uh, you know, you had to switch when you floss because th- Brushing the teeth is the reward for you. Mm-hmm. Something that you enjoy, mm-hmm. sounds like. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay. You put, you put that that nice little carrot at the end of the, you know, the yeah. rope there to get you to go for it, you know. Already established. It's really good. Uh, Suiku yeah. says, would be doing laundry every weekend considered a habit stack? Um, mm-hmm. When does the weekend do laundry? I feel like that's a much vaguer habit stack i think it could be even more specific i also do my laundry on the weekends and but i i do it where it's like okay i get up on the weekend like say it's saturday or something i put in a load of laundry and then i do my breakfast right so it's like it's even more specific but yes in a, in a way that is a habit stack when you do the habit stacking you're also being a little bit declarative right so 
in the book, there's an exercise where it's like, after I, I current habit, I will then new habit. So it's like, uh, or even like before I coffee, I yoga, right? And so you, mm-hmm. you declare that and then you, you need to write it down somewhere so where you can see it and it becomes a visual cue. You can assign mm. habits to something visual in your space that remind you to do it. So instead of me having the floss on in my drawer, I now put it right next to my toothbrush, like right next to it. <laughs> so I have the visual cue to, oh, I should do that. That one's obvious, but there mm. are many, mm. um, you know, more subtle cues that get you to actually do the habit, right? Then you have to design your environment. And that's part of what I just talked about. You design mm. your space so that mm. you are encouraged to do the thing. Say you want to drink more water. You need to have more water bottles around your house that are full of water every morning. So whenever you're always like close by to one, that would be designing your environment to be more effective. And the first law on that has a section called motivation is overrated. Environment often matters more. Yeah. He goes through a whole test that they did you know, for that. And it, it is like when you step back and look at it, you go, Oh, I guess I am a product of my environment mm-hmm. or more than, you know, I ever expected to be. It's good. It's really good. Do I have any designing habits about avoiding using your phone at night? Oh, Okay, the first one that comes to mind is uh, put your phone charger um, away from your bed, mm. like in a different room. Then you don't bring the phone into the room. <laughs> mm. Do you, you can even set your alarm to be really loud if it's on your phone, so you have to get up and leave the room in order to use it. <laughs> um, but there mm. are more subtle things that wouldn't make that rewarding. That's very like cold turkey. That's that's very aggressive. But try reading this book. It's pretty good. Okay. So that's the first law. Oh my gosh, there's four laws. So let's keep going. Okay. The second law is to make it attractive. So you need to make the habit seem really, really appealing. And part of this is designing your environment. Part of this is saying like, I'm going to do the habit and declaring yourself. But another thing is temptation building. Pairing an action you want to do with the action that you need to do, right? So um, can you give me an example of this, of temptation building? So it's like, I want coffee, but I can't have it until I do my yoga. <laughs> um, it's, it's it really is simple. It's like that, that simple in some reflects. Um, I can't buy another book until I check my finances on Fridays, which is a mm. habit for me. On Fridays, I always check all my bank accounts and everything and make sure everything's in order. But I'm not allowed to get a new book, even if it's like not even buying a book. But it's like I can't get a new one from the library until I do that every mm. week. Um. So you make it attractive. It's like a prize. Um, and then I think this next part is really good. Joining a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior, right? So mm. say you like want to do more yoga and you have the means to do this. Going to a yoga class is a very exciting thing. You get to be in a culture of people who also want to do the yoga And, you know, they have their fun outfits and it's in a space where it's encouraging you to learn things. And it's like the whole, you know, atmospheric environment for that. That can be really cool. And you can adjust that to whatever your habit is. I really love not paying the dentist to fix my teeth. So I floss more and that becomes really attractive. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Suika says, 
I do my face routine so I have clean skin. Or I do a workout so I gain muscle to stay healthy and look good. Lots of attractions there. Exactly. You can get as vague or specific as you need to. And you can also kind of like reward bracket your habits. So you can do something motivational before your habit and then and then you mm-hmm. have your habit itself and then you have the reward after. So it's like maybe before I'm doing the yoga, I'm putting on some upbeat music that makes me excited to move my body. And then you do the yoga and then, you know, you get your reward. These are just examples. It's so easy to use yoga as an example. Then we go to the next law, which is to make it easy and learning how to reduce Mm. friction. And I think something really cool happens in this chapter, which is you can use this habit building to both remove habits and implement habits. So if you are having a habit and it's like, you know, this isn't good for you and it's not leading you to a place where you want to go, you can start adding in more friction to the habit. So looking at your phone before you're going to bed, removing or like adding friction would be taking your phone charger and putting it in another room. You know, you can design your life around getting rid of a habit or, you know, helping it. And that's, there's some really fun examples in there. A habit that way before this book that I removed or like friction that I removed was that sometimes I wouldn't want to go to the art studio. And so I would then (laughs) to remove friction. So that would be more wanting to go to the art studio. I would make sure that my brushes were cleaned every single time after I was Mm. done. Right. It's like, Mm. I, I hated coming to the studio and seeing the mess I left behind. I hated seeing the dirty brushes because mm. it didn't make me want to like immediately start painting. It made me need to clean the moment I got into the studio, which was friction. So that's an, that's an art example. Yeah. I mean, I'm OCD, so yeah, that kind of naturally happens for me. But <laughs> yeah, there, there are definitely things that I've, I'd like doing dishes. Like I do dishes immediately after I'm done eating. Because then I only have to do maybe one or two as opposed to a whole sink full of dishes at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is way more appealing to me than having to stand 30 minutes and do, you know, a week's worth of dishes when it could have taken me less than two minutes to keep up with it every day. You know, it's quite good. Um Sweepy says, I've been sweet- swimming for two months lately and I've been going three times a week, which wears me out so much that I'm not on my phone as much right before bed. So that would be like mm. a uh, a very, very tricky reward, but it would be a reward that works out to get you to mm. do that habit. Um, I, James also, James Clear, the author, also goes into like, how, how can you make it approachable, right? This new habit. And one of the thing is, mm. can you make that habit take you less than two minutes to do in the very beginning? Say mm. you are someone that has like a million dishes in the sink and you're like, I need to be better about dishes. Instead of being like, I'm going to do all of the dishes in one go because I want to start a better new life, whatever it is, right? Instead, you should set a timer on your phone. You do two minutes worth of dishes. And if you want to keep going from there, you keep going. But otherwise, you should you should stop and then mm. do it again later. Mm. By making it short and sweet, short and challenging, whatever it is, you are more likely to do that habit again in the future um, for longer periods of time. This could even be, I'm going to do yoga for two minutes. It might sound like silly in your Mm. brain, whatever, like however big this habit is. But if you shorten it to a point where it's like, 
I could do this in under five minutes. I could do this in under 10 minutes. Then you're going to be, be like, oh, I, I actually have time to do two minutes of yoga today. Maybe that's like breath control. Maybe it's doing like a single downward dog, but it's, it's great. And it's a start. And that's something to be acknowledged. Yeah, y'all, what is, what is one habit that you really want to have into your life that you don't currently? I mean, I do yoga, but I would like to roll that into more working out mm. also. Mm-hmm. Not just that. Um, whatever that looks like, if that means, you know, I go for a 30 minute walk or whatever on top of that. That's good. Um, just being more active. Mm-hmm. Um, my current one is I'd like to go to bed earlier. I tend to go to bed around midnight, but I would like it to be around 1030 mm-hmm. or so. And to do that means I need to start getting up earlier in the next morning, which is not <laughs> super natural to me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that would take a lot of planning and a lot of changing and a lot of environment shifts in my life to do so. But it is something I, I, I would like to mm-hmm. do, especially as summer rolls around. Wendy says, I want to exercise more. Uh, Suiku says, I want to wake up at the same time every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. These, this book could absolutely help you both with implementing those two habits. Just saying. Sure. You should, you should try it. Make it satisfying is the fourth law. So we've had make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy. And now we have make it satisfying, which is where we use reinforcement to give us the reward for the good habit. It's where maybe, um, we use a habit tracker and have you ever done the thing? Have you ever used a habit tracker before? Yeah, I have actually. Did it work out? Not necessarily for a habit, but it was more of, um, I used to have a a heart rate monitor Mm. um, that I would wear and I ended up wearing it all the time, but I would just track different things um, and it helped me to be more efficient in my workouts. Um, And of course it pointed out things that I didn't even know were there. You know, because it monitored a bunch of different stuff. And so, yeah, like you could get on and you could see, you know, okay, this is, this is my average. Cause you may go, oh, well, I think my average is this. And then you actually get on the habit tracker and you're like, oh, "Oh, I guess it's here. Or it may be more, you know, maybe more than you thought, you know. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, I think he points that out really well is this. Uh, this overarching um, look at what you do and why you do it, mm-hmm. which is, it can be hard. You know, it's, it's hard for you to take kind of a 360 look at your life and go wait and be objective and be like, okay, I'm going to take that at criticism, so to speak. And I'll, you know, I'll work with it, you mm-hmm. know, or bad, you know, keep doing what I'm doing or, Okay, I need to alter and adjust, but being honest with yourself about where you're at with things, you know, it's really important. And learning how to take honesty without judgment towards yourself is tough. Mm. It's tough. Yeah. It takes a that is a habit yeah. in itself to break, and <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite tough. Um, I used to use a habit tracker where it was very simple. I just had a wall calendar, um, and I was learning mm. Italian like three years ago. And every day I would practice, I would just put an X through it. And the habit tracker was so simple. It was just don't break the chain, right? So even if right. it was two minutes that I practiced, I would put an X. If it was an hour that I practiced, it gets another X. And it just kept going. And James has another message in here, which is that if you miss a day in your habits, 
and this is like a daily habit, don't miss twice. When you when you miss yeah. a habit, you need to like forgive yourself for missing the habit. You're just like, okay, that didn't happen today, but tomorrow, we're restarting. You you do the habit again, and you mm. make sure you don't miss twice. Because when you miss twice, that's when you basically have to start over to getting it, getting in there. Um, yeah. Uh, compounds the other way. Yeah. 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 Either way, it compounds mm-hmm. one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Suiku says, is this long-term views of how you are making progress? Uh, yeah. So basically you, you kind of like set your bigger goal, right? Which for me is, uh, we, I'm still, still going to use the flossing goal as my, <laughs> as my example. It's a uh, much better dental care, right? So we're, that's the main goal. And then, you know, you have your small compounding of every day. Okay. We're, we're not only brushing, but we're also flossing and it's like, way better dental health and we like it the inversion of all this is breaking bad habits which i don't know if it's harder to install a new habit or break a bad habit um but you can use the same systems for both so here instead of make it obvious you would make the habit invisible how can you remove your exposure to what Mm -hmm. makes you want to do the habit how can you remove the cues of your bad habits from your environment um and that's that's number one. Number two is instead of making it attractive, you need to make it unattractive. Instead of, um, okay, give me mm-hmm. a bad habit. Instead of biting your nails, right? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to start looking at your nails and, you know, looking at... No, this is a bad one. I don't have enough examples for this. This is not my habit. So <laughs> um, how about... Uh, let's stick with doing the dishes, right? So instead of looking at the dishes and they're piled up in the sink instead of being like that's okay it's now unattractive being like we we don't like to look at that and therefore we're going to do something to change it right um Mm -hmm. you you also highlight the benefits of changing the bad habit right it's like okay now i have more dishes to serve to my guests who are here and now i have um less work to do all at once on fridays when i tend to do my dishes right it's it's now oh, the sink is cleaner and I'm leaving, I'm living a more hygienic lifestyle and also my mind is clear because I'm not looking at clutter, right? So you, you start to like list out all the benefits of breaking the bad habit and that becomes, you know, the habit becomes unattractive. Um, sure. Number three is you got to make it easy. And when you mm. switch making it easy to make it difficult, make the bad habit difficult, it's like, okay, well, I can't put dishes in the sink the sink is now lava. And if I put dishes in the sink, I'll be burned. Like you, you gotta make it be like, okay, I can't, Mm -hmm. you you increase the frictions, right? So you need to increase the number of steps from how easy it is just to put something right into the sink. Maybe it's putting it right into the dishwasher. And if the dishwasher is full, you, you unload it. And that's the step that makes it easier. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is to make it unsatisfying. It's unsatisfying to look at the pile of dishes, Mm -hmm. right? It's un and you can use an accountability partner for this. Like every time, and this has mm. to be someone you like, because getting called out on your your BS is a lot, <laughs> and and it, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to accept that. Hello, little bird. I need you to stop chirping in the window here. <laughs> Do you hear the birds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to town. Hello. Okay, so. You get an accountability partner, and when they see the the sick, you know, the uh, the dishes 
and they tell you, okay, it's time to clean them or, okay, I'll help you clean them. Or it's like every day the sink is empty. You get to send a picture of your sink to that person if you don't live with them, right? You, you make things like that happen so you can break right. the habit of dirty dishes in the sink. And yeah, that's... When he talks about the contract, like the accountability it's good. part of things where... Well, and that's why we have contracts in society because it creates a habit that is backed up by having to check in with somebody. When you get a loan for a house, you have to build the habit of making payments on time. How they get you to do that is they make you sign your name at the bottom of a piece mm -hmm. of paper that says, I will do this. And if I don't, you can come take X, Y, and Z to pay for the amount of money I've not paid for you. Yep. Pay to you for this loan. So it's the, that is an accountability instrument, so to speak, or a tool, a habit tool that they use to help you build habits. He talks about uh, putting um, some things on auto pay, you know, where it's like, okay, these are things that I need to do all the time. Make it easy. Again, make it easy. Make it appealing. Okay. I don't even have to think about it. It automatically comes out of my bank account. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Set it up. It's done. Automation. It's easy, appealing, one and done. It's automated. We love it. We love it. Yes. Um, Free up your brain space. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just going to get birds, y'all. <laughs> They're extremely oh, cute. Good. They're just chatty. They're having a book club, too. Um, yes. <laughs> Can you automate things? Can you delegate things? Can you uh, make your mm. life easier in those two ways? If the answer is even kind of yes, like... You gotta, you gotta. Can you automate payments? Can you automate billing? Can you automate subscription payments? Can you, whatever it is. Um, can you automate your alarm that you set every morning to help you get up at the same time? Yes. We, we, we love it. Um, so the, the, some of the last things that James talks about in this book is not trying to do too many habits at once. Instead of, I think it's very tempting mm -hmm. to like New Year's resolution time to go into the new year and be like, I'm going to change all of these things about me. It's better to start with just one thing and really devote your mm -hmm. focus and attention on it. Otherwise, you're just chasing cats in a field and it's a nightmare and you're, you're never going to catch any cats. You're just going to you're just going to suffer. So focus on one habit at a time and like don't be implementing more than like one a month, really. And that that includes trying to remove a habit. So you, you do one or you remove one, but try focus on one and um, eventually little by little, you're going to start building better systems around your life and making things really work. There's a, there's a quote I want to read, and this is from early on the, in the book. Your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. You get what you repeat. And that's the, that's the core of this book. The things that you repeat in your life, mm -hmm. the, th the habits you do, the changes you make, that is what your life becomes. And you will see the outcomes, you'll see the consequences or the achievements of those little things that you repeat. Do you have any good habits that you have in your art studio that you're like, this is top tier? <laughs> and uh, One of the things that you'll hear me say if you, if you do visit my stream when I do stream is if I have artists come in, I'll be like, clean your effing brushes. Clean them. <laughs> clean them now. Because they're dirty and they're gross. Clean your brushes. Um, that is a <laughs> habit that I have. I always clean my brushes mm -hmm. uh, because it 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 
uh, ultimately, again, it compounds. Mm -hmm. That paint builds up inside of the brush and it will eventually ruin the brush. That's what ruins brushes. It's not generally that the bristles wear out. It's that they get so splayed from all the paint that's dried up inside of them. Well, if you clean, if you clean your effing brushes, brushes. you won't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) That one's really good. uh, Yeah, that's one of those things. (laughs) I definitely have like a ritual I do before I go to the studio, which is when I make my first pot of tea of the day, that means the studio is coming next. And I associate making the tea before going to the studio, like... It's just like, it's just hooked in. And I've been doing this for so, so many years. Um, And then after I'm done painting or streaming or whatever, I tidy up for about five minutes. I actually usually set a timer and I'll either uh, wash my brushes or I'll sweep the studio or I'll, um, you know, throw away miscellaneous trash that's just lying around. Um, Make sure my rags are all, you know, sealed up and (laughs) not combustible, (laughs) things like that. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. What kind of habit stacking could one make for clean brushes, says Suiku? Well, the, I think the stack is more like you don't get to leave the studio. In, by studio, I mean wherever you're creating um, until you have the brushes clean in your hand. <laughs> for me, I have to like mm-hmm. leave the studio in order to go into the, the house to wash the brushes because that's where my sink is. I don't always sink in my studio. But you, you grab them and you wash them and you're not allowed to leave until they're clean and back on your desk. And that's kind of a rule. You could even put a sign on your door that just says, are the brushes clean? <laughs> like, yeah. you could, yeah, you yeah, could do yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think, at, oh, this is a good point to bring up motivation. I feel like when you are starting mm. a new habit, the why is really important. And when you when you declare mm. what the why is, that's when you that's when you can really establish a habit that matters. It's not just, I want to learn Spanish because it's the thing to do. It's like, I'm I'm going to a place where learning this will be useful for the rest of my life. That's a great why, right? Sure. So for cleaning brushes, you want to make tomorrow's experience for yourself smoother and better for the next time you get into the studio, right? You want to make the future you have an easier time at life. And that's why you clean the brushes. <laughs> At least that's why I clean my brushes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of things for future I mean, me. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, you can even, like, for me, since I work from one to six, mm-hmm. uh, dinner is what happens after I done painting. Mm-hmm. I'm usually exhausted and I, you know, I haven't eaten anything, so I'm starved. So I'm like, the appealing thing at the end of that task is get to sit down and have a meal mm-hmm. like something as simple as that like i honestly wonder if that is why we have meal times is that they were kind of um checkpoints throughout the day to build habits around mm-hmm. it automatically just kind of got instilled in society and it's like everybody because one of the things he talks about also is uh, the society that you live in often dictates the habits that you have because sometimes it'll be either you're shamed for doing something and that is a very like big deterrent in like doing or not doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if everybody in your society eats breakfast, lunch and dinner around the same time, it's going to be easier for you to build a habit 
into your life around something like that because everybody else is basically at that same moment in time doing the same thing you are around you. It's like, oh, well, I want to go hang out with them, but I have to eat dinner. Well, they eat dinner now, so let's set it for this. If we're going to set up like I need to have a meeting with somebody for, you know, business or whatever, mm-hmm. you know that both of you have that that kind of guidepost in your day. Okay, well, then let's do this. Eat, we'll do this. You know, it's kind of this, it, it follows itself. So that's one of the things that's already, you know, built in. I take a, take a, you know, kind of take stock of environment and the society that is around you mm-hmm. is your environment will be a huge, huge key in any habit that you're trying to get rid of or to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, one of my habits that I have had, uh, I've been I've been working on this since the beginning of the year, and it was um, having daily movement, not necessarily exercise, but I, I wanted to be mm-hmm. moving every day, and so I right. I tried to make sure that I have, and I I'm such a sucker for my friends. I'm like, if anything gets to be done with my friends, I want to do it with my friends. So I tried to schedule like taking a walk in a park somewhere with a friend at least once Mm. a week. And that's Mm. one way of matching a habit to a, a a situation, uh, something that I like to do, Mm. a habit to reward in this case. Suiku says, are lots of habits associated with time then? It's yes, but it's also, Mm. I think it's more associated with, uh, the habit happens before I do something that I already do, or it happens after I do something I already do. And that's Mm. more so the time thing. Um, yeah. Right. I think that's one thing as far as um, habits that I think I've learned over time is it's it's not um, the time of day that you do them. It's more important what you do them with because mm-hmm. life ebbs and flows. Things happen like this week. I, I like to do yoga when it's quiet. I usually get to do it when nobody's around mm-hmm. and there's not a, like a distraction going on around me while I'm trying to focus and do this. Well, my roommate, her days off are random and it happened to be, she had two in a row in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? Well, it, to me, it's more important that I do the task than when like, what time of day like at one o'clock this is when i do this yeah that's i think that's a quick way to ruin a habit is make it so rigid that if it doesn't happen at that time you feel like you've been defeated and it's like well then why even try what i did was i just adjusted it she likes to take naps during the day okay so when she's taking a nap or she had to leave for a, a long enough time that i could do yoga i just did it then and it still worked. It was like, okay, I just need to focus on what I'm trying to do. And keep, like you said, keep that on track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lest you miss it, that's the more important thing. Yeah. It still needs to get done during the day. It doesn't matter when. It's making it easier for you to get it done is the biggest issue. It's true. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, there are There are ways of... Maybe y'all are thinking, okay, I have, I have a, a goal in mind. It's not necessarily a habit I want to implement, but it's something I want to do. Um, maybe it's have my uh, 
very first gallery show or something like that, right? The the habits that you you make to lead up to that goal are really important and learning how to go backwards from, okay, what is my, again, what is my why? I want to have a, a gallery show, okay? What is it going to take to get there that my current habits aren't doing? And that's a fun kind of like exercise to do where you break down, okay, what do I need to have a gallery show? Maybe it's 10 paintings. Okay, how many paintings do I already have? I already have five. So I need to make five paintings so I can submit them to a gallery. Do I have one in mind? Do I have a gallery picked out? No. Okay, so the habit becomes, you know, one, spend time painting every day, but two, spend 10 minutes a day researching galleries to submit to, and three, maybe it's spend 10 minutes on another day working on, um, like, your resume and your your CV and your website or whatever. You, you break down the bigger goals into smaller habits that give you the time to reach those big goals, and... Those are some of the compounding effects that I started thinking about when I was reading this book. I was like, oh, you could take this into such a huge direction where it's like, oh, I could I could transform my whole mm. life using teeny tiny changes. Um, mm. But it takes mm. some really some good observation of yourself and some good uh, dedication. And when you have a moment, and I think that real changes happen when you are interrupted from your habits despite your best intentions of I want to do yoga every day, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your your roommates in town or your roommates in this space and you don't know if you can make it work. Um and you are like, okay, maybe the answer is waiting for her to leave. And maybe the answer is being like, hey, I want to do yoga. Can you go into your room and can we have some quiet time for like 40 minutes right. or so, whatever it takes. And being being both vulnerable with your goals and your habits and being both um, just like expressive and very Mm. communicative about what you want with the people who are around you. Everything you do will play into whether you reach that big goal that your habits have led to. And it's, it's very like, oh, this is cool, but also this is daunting. And I think that's what makes this book so, so powerful. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that he pointed out that was really interesting was, uh, and it's something that I've always been fascinated about another book uh, to kind of dig into down the line for anybody is uh, emotional agility. It talks about this emotional agility is things that are literally hardwired into us as human beings that have been there for thousands of years were built as survival mechanisms and one of the things is that he talks about is instant gratification. Part of that is because back then people couldn't waste time. They would freeze to death or whatever. They would die of exposure. So it had to, they had to know right away whether or not it was going to work or not. Well, we don't have to worry about that now. We have the luxury of being able to see the long tail of things and go, okay, so... Since our brain is wired for instant gratification, mm-hmm. we need to uh, retrain it to understand uh, longer-term outcomes are far better for us than a short-term outcome. We did like a study where they um, they tried to see, you know, which was more beneficial, essentially, a long-term outcome or a short-term outcome. And they figured out that the long-term outcomes had far more payoff 
than anything that happened immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's getting yourself past that point of compounding or it gets to the point where you can see that benefit. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good book. It's a good book. I've linked uh, the book that Nomad was just talking about into the chat here, but uh, Mm. yeah, I, one, one, well, I guess final thing I really liked about this book is that it referenced other books that we've read for book club. Um, it referenced Twyla Tharp's book, The Creative Habit, which was yeah. kind of cool. I was like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. we did that. And it also referenced another <laughs> one, and I've already forgotten which one it was. But um, that was that was very fun. Uh, I, I'm giving this book, like, five out of five. I've, I really liked this book. I enjoyed reading it. It's yes. you, can, you can read it probably a hundred times and re, like ignite your, mm-hmm. your need to change whatever habit that you want to change or implement. How would you well, read there's it? so much there. I think that you would learn something new every time that you read it for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, because there is so much information there uh, that you may like because you'll grab a hold of your brain. will grab a hold of something. You'll go, oh, I want to try this. Mm-hmm. So like you'll read the rest of it, but maybe not pick up on some of the more nuanced stuff that he throws in there. Yeah. So the second time around, you're not looking for what you initially looked at. Now you're actually looking at something else. So it's kind of, ah, it's, it's really cool. It's a great book. Great book. Super, super good. How many uh, stars would you rate this out of five? I would give it a five as well. I I think it's, it's one of those books that is life changing. I can read books about, you know, art and art business and all of that, but things that uh, change your life at the atomic level um are are huge mm-hmm. no uh i think that's why he's had as many people come to him for help as he has because it's, it's it's so simple it's like oh geez i didn't i think of that right it's taken all these years of research to figure these things out so um yeah it's super useful for all kinds of stuff it's open-ended it's it's very very good. I I love this book. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about this book? Mm. Mm. Mindset of not beating yourself up for all the things that you haven't done, need to do, or have done wrong. Mm-hmm. That is not. It's that's not what this is about. It's not him going you should be doing this it's far from that he Mm -hmm. even points that out he's just like listen bigger issue is getting you to do it i'm not here to beat you over the head that's not going to get you to do anything unless it's a negative reinforcement that helps you uh not do something that's harmful or whatever to yourself then by all means take the shame and use it as a negative deterrent you know (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah it's it's getting beyond that point of just beating yourself up for, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and getting into it. Just come to it with an, an open mind. Um, uh, yeah, I think it makes you learn a lot about yourself too. If you give it the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. If you like what we've been talking about here, you should definitely check out atomic habits. Mm-hmm. It's, fantastic book um it, hmm. there's like a, a 
kajillion copies, you know, two million copies <laughs> sold. So you can get this book for super cheap and definitely from the library. And um, yeah, you should check it out. Um, if you are looking for more talks like this, I have a podcast to recommend. Um, this is a guest I've had on the Brushwork podcast um, a couple of episodes ago. Her name is Life Coach Baker, and she does a lot of mm-hmm. great 45-minute to hour-long discussions on habit building and perfectionism and all sorts of things like that. Would recommend. You should check it out. I'll link her in the show notes. But for now, shall I tell you what next month's book is about? Do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the next book is... Uh, is more artsy than habitual. <laughs> this mm-hmm. book is called Seven Days in the Art World, and it is by Sarah Thornton. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. I thought this was a novel at first, but it's not a novel. Um, uh, <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> it's a vivid ethnography. Ethnography? Ethnography. Oh. Yes, an international hit uh, about... A series of day-in-the-life narrative sets um, from New York to London to Venice, Tokyo. It explores the dynamics of creativity, taste, status, money, and the search for meaning in life. I think this book is going to be dramatic. I think it's going to be saucy. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be very fun. And I cannot wait to gossip about all the people in this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've already read the first day. And it is fantastic oh good okay i can't wait so (laughs) we are meeting next on april 5th 14th april 4th let's see i wrote this down in the commands here mean uh may 14th may 14th is what i meant incredible (laughs) it's already april it's may next oh wait why did that go away baby come back there we go okay um so yeah, we're reading that next month. Thanks, Noah. We're, we're voracious readers here, Wendy. By the way, we just read so, so fast. We do tackle some 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 big books. We uh, we tackled uh, Ninth Street Women, which is a very thick book, but we split it up half and half. We did. So that's how we tackled it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we are you're not daunted by the size of a book. <laughs> it's very it's very good. Um, yeah, Nomad, thanks for joining me for Art Book Club. This was fun. Wonderful as always. Wonderful as always. All right. That's it for today's episode of Brushwork and the Art Book Club. Thanks to Visual Nomad for joining me today as we read Atomic Habits. The next book is, again, Seven Days in the Art World. And all of that and more that we talked about is in the show notes. Till next time, make good choices. Bye.